Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us on the program today as we discuss everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to our podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. We're available each and every day. Leave us a five-star rating and written review. Watch the show daily on YouTube as well. Your support of Lockdown Blue Devils means the absolute world to us. Hit that subscribe button so much more as we continue to grow this Lockdown Blue Devils community. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils and follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Without further ado on today's show, so excited to have another mailbag installment of the program today. We had a great time on yesterday's show with mailbag questions. So this time I'm bringing in my good pal, Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham to talk a little Duke Hoops. We teased one of the questions a moment ago. Kevin, thanks for the time as always. I hope you're doing well, friend. Doing well, JJ. How about you? I can't complain, man. Excited to uh, kind of run through these questions. A mailbag episode. All of these questions you could send via email, LockdownBlueDevils at gmail.com or on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. So, Kevin, I teased one in the open. Let's just jump right in. What player on the 2023-2024 roster for Duke men's basketball do you think will make the biggest jump Next year, so this past year's team going into next year, if you're going to pick one of those guys, who do you think makes the biggest jump? Uh, the easy answer has to be Tyrese Proctor, right? Just because, I mean, average just over nine points a game, it feels like he's going to be easily a double-digit score next year. So I feel like that's the easy answer, but not the answer I'm going to go with. Okay. I'm going to go with Mark Mitchell. All I right. think Mark Mitchell's another guy that you're going to see him reach that double figures in scoring average just over nine points per game this year surprisingly enough, which maybe not surprisingly enough because you had Derek Lively, Ryan Young, and Kyle Filipowski down low, only averaged 4.5 rebounds per game. I think that number is going to take a significant increase. And the one thing where I want Mark Mitchell or I'm hoping to see Mark Mitchell improve a little bit at is his three-point shooting. Didn't take a high volume of those three-point shots. Only took about 50, 55, 54 this year. I think that number is going to jump a little bit. So I'm going to go with Mark Mitchell but I think you have to go with Tyrese Proctor as well. But I'll submit my my answer is Mark Mitchell. I, I think that's a great one to choose from there, right? And in a way, our options are a little limited because uh, we're still, of course, waiting the official Jeremy Roach decision prior to the May 31st deadline as to whether or not he will keep his name in the draft. Then, of course, uh, you've got Jaden Shute, Jalen Blakes, Christian Reeves, those guys still on scholarship as of now planning to come back and join next year's squad. Not sure what a jump looks like for those three players. So then you are looking at these three stellar freshmen who announced their decision to come back for another year, and Kyle Filipowski, Tyrese Proctor, and Mark Mitchell. Flip was the ACC player of the year, right? Like, yes, I think he's going to be better next year than he was this past year, but Mm -hmm. how big of a jump is that? We're talking about the biggest jump in this question that we got in the mailbag. And so for that reason, I think I will go Mark Mitchell with you too. I had a lot of uh, really fun and exciting moments watching Mark this season. Duke was really good when he was scoring the basketball, although a lot of his point production 
was set up, right? Like we didn't see very many moments where Mark Mitchell was hunting his shot, not necessarily the player that he is, but I do think as you come back for another season, as you get more confident, that level of your game becomes more of a factor. I'm not saying that Mark Mitchell is going to all of a sudden be this shot seeker, so to speak, but I do think he will be more aggressive on the offensive end. Yeah, there were no plays being drawn up for him, per se, or not many plays being drawn up for him to get him free or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, he's he's going to take that next step with another year under his belt. And also, I think defensively as well. I think he was one of the more underrated defenders um, on this Duke team. I mean, obviously, everyone talked about Derek Lively and his shot, shot blocking abilities. Uh, Tyrese Proctor with how he'd defend on the ball. But obviously, Mark Mitchell was the biggest piece that was missing in Duke's loss to Tennessee in the round of 32, and specifically his defense. So um, I think Mark Mitchell um, is going to take that really next step. Um, yeah, I, again, I, I felt like Tyrese Proctor was the easy answer. So I tried to tried to dig a little bit deeper, but I guess it didn't go too deep. But your point on Filipowski as well, I mean, I mean, what more? how much more could he take that next step? You know what I mean? I almost average a double-double per game. Um, it feels like you're not going to see that much more of a significant improvement from him. No doubt. Excited to see what kind of a jump will be in place for all those guys. Really good question there. All right, moving on. Our mailbag edition of Lockdown Blue Devils. Who are transfer portal targets that Duke is talking to or should be interested in? Uh, when you saw this question come in, Kevin, what were you thinking? Well, it feels like the, the biggest transfer portal target is the big man from Virginia and Caden Chedrick. Um, I think he's going to visit Duke again. He visited him, uh, I think it was last week or maybe 10 days ago, and I feel like another visit is looming. Um, everything else seems a little bit quiet in terms of the transfer portal targets for Duke, but obviously they are missing that one big center with the absence of uh, of Derek Lively. So um, maybe they try and go portal hunting for a guard if Jeremy Roach does, in fact, to stay decide to stay in the NBA draft. Um, but it feels like Caden Chedrick out of Virginia – is the, uh, the biggest fish in the pond for Duke. Yeah, in terms of targets that are out there, because a lot of players have made decisions to go elsewhere, I, I think Shedrick is the name that we've seen most frequently attached to Duke basketball. It's really hard to even forecast other names potentially that would be there. What we do know is that 60 days after the NCAA tournament field is set, that's be the expiration of the transfer portal. So we've got until May 11th. So Kevin, in theory, there is a world out there that again, still with three, four weeks left until the closing of the transfer portal, that there are guys who have yet to go into yeah. the transfer portal. Right. And yeah, so and maybe still, there are names that seeing, come up. Yeah. You're still seeing that on a daily basis. I mean, maybe they're not the biggest names out there. Um, like there were like right around that, national championship game a couple of weeks ago and, and shortly after that, but there are still guys that are um, jumping into the transfer portal. So um, there might be a couple of names that we're not even privy to yet um, that could be potentially a Duke target. I do think Caden Shedrick is the one name to watch out for though. He's got a visit coming up next weekend. That is the one transfer portal target name to be watching for Duke. When you look at rim protectors and what that could look like, for the Blue Devils. Let's continue the mailback after our first time out here on today's show. 
Lockdown Blue Devils here. Today is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. It's the best time of year. Major League Baseball season is off and moving, and FanDuel is America's number one sports book. That's because new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. Just don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. Moving forward here in today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Tell me about BallDurham.com. What do you have cooking over there, Kevin? Well, we're following a lot of recruiting news. Obviously, this time of year, it's a lot of recruiting news and obviously um, NBA playoff action. So uh, that's what we got a lot of going on over there. Obviously, we're still monitoring um, Jeremy Roach's draft uh, projections and potential transfer portal news, but it's a lot of recruiting stuff and uh, NBA playoff stuff we got going on. Check it all out. And again, as you said, on Twitter, ball underscore Durham to find all of that content. Okay, so our mailbag edition of Lockdown Blue Devils. Here we go. All of your questions sent to us uh, on Twitter or via email, LockdownBlueDevils at gmail.com. This was a fun one coming in. Uh, Ken sent us an email asking, which Duke basketball player on the 2022-23 team do you think would make a good hoops coach? Wow, I like that. So on this past year's team, who do you think would make a good hoops coach? We know a a lot of Duke players turn into coaches, man. Yeah, (laughs) I know. That's a really good question. And honestly, I'm I'm stumped right now because this was a couple years ago. I would go with either Tyus or Trey Jones. Like, I could see them. Like, I don't know if I look at anybody on this team and say, oh, yeah, like, that's – that's a good coach. Hmm. That's that's a good question. Yeah, you, it feels like we go guards very frequently. Yeah, when it's I, coaches, I, right? I, I I don't know if I, I don't know if I lean that way right away. Ryan Young, maybe. I would like that coach because, Ryan Young. Because, yeah. Right. The question is not necessarily a head coach. Right. It's, it's just a coach. Yeah. And he's I, got a great personality related yeah. to the players. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. See, see, I, I think I'm trying to find a loophole in your question here. <laughs> like, like typically when you hear that, you would think head coach, but like, I think Ryan Young could be like a really good assistant coach, almost like Emil Jefferson is right. Like, yeah, I, I could see like a Ryan Young becoming like, like an, an associate or an assistant head coach or something <laughs> like that, where he like develops big guys. Cause I feel like Ryan Young, he has that um, intelligence, basketball IQ and stuff. Um, I feel like he'd be he'd be really good as like a big man coach, like Emil Jefferson does does for Duke almost. I love that. Yeah, I, I think um, Jeremy Roach was a name that came quickly to mind yeah. because of the guard spot. Again, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about the guards there. Um, what about Jacob Grandison? Could you see that? Yeah, I, I, I could. I, I could. I think I like how we're going a little bit deeper into the roster and not right. really those, those guys the at the star top names. Yeah, you yeah, because the, the whole like, roster. Yeah, because like I don't know if I could see Jeremy Roach as a coach. Like I, right. I again, we always think about those guards, like the Jones brothers. Like I think Tyus and Trey would make really good coaches. Um, I think Quinn Cook would make a really good coach. Obviously, John Shire and Nolan Smith are coaches as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I really see it from Jeremy. But I like I like Jacob Grandison. Uh, also, what a name that's that's floating out there for me, Derek Whitehead. Okay, I feel like Derek could be a really good coach because. 
because again, we didn't see him at his best this year because of injuries and everything. But like, I, I feel like I feel like I see some type of coach in Derek. Just like I've known him for a little bit around the high school game and from New Jersey and whatever. Right. And like, I, I might see a little bit of coaching him. Maybe not recently. Maybe after a long playing career, but I I might do. But I still think I'd turn in my initial answer as Ryan Young. Okay, Ryan Young is our answer that we're going with there. I love it. Again, all of these questions posted in the description below if you're watching us on YouTube or on the podcast platform. Uh, I've seen a couple of answers to yesterday's mailbag uh, on the comment section already, so continue doing that for us. Who do you think would be the best coach from this past year's squad? All right, uh, next one up in our questions. Again, that question came from Ken sending us an email there. Next question, what is your confidence level in Coach Shire after year one? Pretty vague question, uh, so let's kind of make it up on the fly here, Kevin. You, you want to do a scale of one to ten? I, I was um, just gonna, I was just gonna answer through the roof. Through the roof, I yeah. love that. I was just gonna answer <laughs> through the roof because you look at this team, this past year's team, and the, it had talent. Like, don't get me wrong, like there was a lot of talent there, but I don't think now to win the NCAA tournament, you need a lot of things to go right. You need the right draw, you need the right upsets, you need to stay healthy. And Duke got all that except one of the biggest ones in staying healthy with Mark Mitchell being out. And obviously the injuries throughout the year, Jeremy Roach out, um, Derek Whitehead out, Derek Lively out. Like John Shire wasn't – the ball wasn't put on a tee for him in, in his in his rookie year as a coach. So the fact that he was able to get this team to play so well in the last, what, three weeks yeah. of the regular season and win the ACC tournament – um, and get all the way up to a four seed, which I still thought they were um, underseeded. I think they should have been a better seed than a four seed. I think this program is in really good hands. You look at how he's recruiting. Um, now, I think um, some questions could come up in 2024 um, if they don't get Dylan Harper, who is their biggest target on the board right now, um, because I've heard from people that Rutgers obviously still is really going hard after him and Nas Cunningham. They could be a package deal that Duke is also in the mix for. So um, right now, I think there's questions about the 2024 recruiting class. Uh, but right now, you have to have all the confidence in John Shire. He looked like he was ready for the job um, from day one. Especially seeing the one and dones like to not necessarily be the case for Filipowski mm -hmm. and, and Proctor and Mitchell coming back for another year. You look at next year's recruiting class – and, you know, we're, we're big mock draft guys, Kevin, and you start to forecast the years to come. Right now, there aren't that many freshmen coming into Duke this upcoming season that are overwhelming favorites to be one of the top names selected in the 2024 class. So if it truly is Shire bringing guys in for not just one, but two years, like even two years is greater than one, we get to know them a little bit more as Duke basketball players, they really get to develop and then make that next jump. Like, that's why it's adding confidence to me. So you're right. I, I don't like having to issue a number on the confidence scale. Through the roof, that's the best way to go. Like, absolutely what we saw uh, throughout the year, right, to think that the three-game injury that Jeremy Roach had kind of forced Tyrese Proctor to be on the ball, and that greatly improved what Tyrese Proctor was as a player his commitment to working through Derek Lively's struggles on the offensive end at times and just development into turning into an incredible rim protector for Duke, all the while having the ACC 
freshman of the year in Kyle Filipowski. Uh, yeah, I, I think you've got to be really, really confident with what John Shire's doing. Yeah, and I, I think the, tr- the year transition, so Coach K's last year, um, I think that was huge for Shire to be named that head coach in waiting because it wasn't like, all right, you're waiting around. What's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Are these interviews going to go on during the season? Are they just going to jump in after the season? Um, so I think that was really big in setting him and the program program up for long-term success. Um but yeah, you you there's you can't have, um, you have to be excited about the future of this program under John Shire. Now, obviously, um, losing Mackenzie and Baco is is not good, but I feel like most Duke fans, if presented with a one-on-one trade, Mackenzie and Baco or Kyle Filipowski, I would say about ninety-five percent would sign up for Filipowski. I love it. I love it. That's a great question that we just answered. We'll continue forward. One more question left to go. Again, a lot to choose from. Keep sending them because we'll continue to do mailbags throughout the offseason. Traditionally, I've done this on Mondays uh, with our Mailbag Monday, but here we are on a Wednesday edition uh, knocking out some mailbag questions. So Blue Devil Five Star Party, fun little handle there, sent us a message asking just what is your favorite Duke basketball uniform? Blue Devil Five Star Party, shout out to you for this question. Okay. I can tell you what my least basketball uniform. Oh, you got a least. Wow. I can tell tell you my my least is the one I forget how many years ago it was. Might have been the Trey Jones game. The the uniform they wore at Carolina when Uh Nike had that that's my least. Okay. I think when when Trey Jones did his heroics and 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 uh they they won it on the buzzer beater in Carolina. That uniform is my least favorite. Okay. They've they've never worn it again. I think it was like a one time thing. But my favorite Duke basketball uniform. All right, so this is this is a little bit. Of, it's it's not it's none of the. Well, first I should say I love the the Brotherhood uniforms. I think if we go in terms of like the current rotation of Duke basketball uniforms, I would go with the navy blue Brotherhood uniforms. I think those are really really nice. But if we're going all time, it's the black uniforms from the 2015 season. Like yeah. it's like that old, like the, like the regular traditional Duke uh, jerseys. I think they, I don't know if did, uh, did they wear the blacks that year? I can't remember what game they, they wore them a couple games, but I'm thinking like they might've worn them. I forget if they were the black or the blue when coach K won his thousandth game at uh, St. John's at the garden. Uh-huh. Um, they might have did they, oh I think they wore the blacks at Virginia when they beat they Virginia. I think they wore the blacks that game. So that if if you're if you're listening to this and you want to look up that uniform, I'm pretty sure they wore it the Virginia game. So go look up that game against Virginia and those black uniforms. All time, those are my favorites. But in the current rotation, uh, I'm a big uh Brotherhood Navy Blue jersey guy. Yeah. Uh my answer is is and has always been black on black. Uh exactly yeah. what you're alluding to, just from my very, very, very young days uh, growing up in a Duke basketball family, I just so cool that you typically see them in either white or blue. And then all of a sudden we'd get a game where Duke was wearing black on the road predominantly. And I was like, that is so cool. And it has just stuck in my brain forever. So I am automatically attracted to those black uniforms 100% my favorite Duke basketball uniforms. We got a lot of good options. The Brotherhood is great and all, but just the symbolic, uh, the uh, uh, I'm reflecting a lot here 
on on falling in love with Duke basketball. And it's definitely the black on black, man. That was always just so cool to me as a youngster. And it stuck still. Now it's funny. We both say black, that the black jerseys are our favorite, but like a lot of fans hate the black jerseys. Yeah. It feels, it, it feels like I, I would love, there's probably a record somewhere out there that I just don't have in front yeah. of me. But Someone like, keeps up with the stats and I'm sure there have been stretches where they've been the worst performing jerseys. Yeah. But it's like you said in the Virginia game, like we could think of big moments that yeah. happened in the black jerseys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's always funny. Like on Twitter, when you see that, they, they post what jerseys they're wearing for the day, and it's the black ones, and fans on Twitter go and have a meltdown because it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my God, Duke's going to lose because they're wearing the black uniforms. But I don't think anyone really knows the records, and I don't know it right now. I'm sure you can go and find it, but the records of white and blue and black and, and all. Yeah. yeah. It's out there somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah. So good stuff. Mailback edition of the program. Send all your questions in, lockdownbluedevils at gmail.com. Kevin, it was fun as always to kind of run through those questions with you. Uh, we'll have to do this again sometime soon. Give me one more plug for Ball Durham, my friend. So balldurham.com. You can follow us on Twitter at ball underscore Durham. You can read us every day at balldurham.com. And we got a ton of recruiting, transfer portal, NBA playoff news, and all that good stuff is keeping up with the roster as well. So give us a follow and give us a read. You're the best, man. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Appreciate it, JJ. All right, that's my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham, joining us here on the program today. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. Thanks, as always, for your support of this fine program. We're back at it tomorrow with a really fun and exciting episode where we chat with Connor O'Neill from Devils Illustrated about next year's Duke men's basketball team. All that more coming your way tomorrow. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.